Hi, this is Jeff, host of the podcast. If you use the Stitcher app for listening to podcasts, you need to listen to this. Unfortunately, the Stitcher app is closing at the end of August, so you'll need to find a new podcast app, either for Android or your iPhone. And when you start using your new podcast listening app, don't forget to subscribe to the Reading and Writing Podcast so you won't miss a single episode. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Adam Novak, author of the new novel, Rat Park. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your novel, Rat Park, how would you describe the novel? Well, Rat Park is my fourth novel, and I think it's my best novel, Jeff. I think I had to write three novels to get good. So what I would tell people first is that what leaving Las Vegas was to alcoholism, Rat Park is about sex addiction. And that if you're looking for a love story for the ages, you will find it in Rat Park. And it's also a novel about marriage. And it's about a married couple who try to save their marriage by ordering an AI sex robot during a pandemic, and they end up rescuing the world from a robo-apocalypse. That's interesting, especially given the, the, the explosion in AI just in the past six months. Do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to writing Rat Park? I don't recall the moment of conception, Jeff, but I certainly remember uh, the years of rejection letters and radio silence and trying to get this novel published uh, was perhaps harder than writing it, which took its toll. But I'm happy to say that I will never forget the email I got for Rat Park when my publisher read giant books in Cleveland said they wanted to publish me. I know that you mentioned earlier that you'd written three earlier novels and that you feel like you, you kind of figured out how to write a novel with this one. Can you tell us what was your original writing journey that led you to writing and getting your very first novel published? It's uh, it has been a long journey. Um, I was uh, 12 years old when I grew up in Washington, D.C., and my father clerked for the Supreme Court in the 60s. My father's actually known for, uh, he had a moment of justice. There was an obscenity case in Cincinnati, Jeff, and uh, the justice and my dad were talking about this obscenity case, and my father said to the justice, uh, you know, Potter Stewart, he said, Potter, you were in the Navy. I was in the Marine Corps. We've seen an awful lot of uh, pornography. We know it when we see it. And uh, the justice put that <laughs> in his opinion. He changed it. And I know it when I see it. And so I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I thought I was going to be like my dad and follow the path of, of, of law school and then being a lawyer. And instead, when I was 12, my mom, uh, who was a child movie star growing up in Sweden, decided to go to UCLA film school at age 40. 
And when she came back, she had all these screenwriting books. And I picked up a Shit Field screenwriting book. And uh, at that moment, I didn't uh, want to be a lawyer. And I had always written stories. But when I found screenwriting in Shit Field, uh, I made it my decision at 15 that I would be a screenwriter. And uh, years later, my mom told me that uh, when I was in high school and applying to film schools and I got into USC film school to major in screenwriting, I was the only one in, in D.C. who went to film school, I think, in 1986. And my mom said that fellow parents would talk to her and say, how can you let Adam go to film school? And my mom said, what do you mean, let him? I'm not making a bonsai tree. <laughs> so so I was one of 28 people on the planet, Jeff, who got to major in screenwriting at USC in 1986. So I thought my path was going to be a screenwriter. I wanted to be a screenwriter so bad, Jeff, that I had a license plate. Back then in L.A. in the 80s, everybody had a vanity license plate. My license plate uh, said S-C-R-W-R-T-R, screenwriter, right? Well, <laughs> I, I had to change my license plate because I was at a red light once, and this girl was honking her horn at me, and I powered down my window, and she said, do you write porn? I didn't understand it until I looked at my license plate and she said, you know, I, I did the math, Jeff, and I had to change my screwwriter license plate. <laughs> so when I graduated, two people in my class, Jeff, at USC, who sold their senior thesis. I sold my senior thesis, Conversations with a Cannibal, and my classmate, John Singleton, sold his screenplay, Boys in the Hood. So I thought for sure my career, like John, you know, would take off and I would have decades of screenwriting. And I, that was not the case. A decade followed Jeff of, of uh, being unproduced and uh, writing 10 screenplays in 10 years and never getting made. So when I was 30 years old, Jeff, I sat down and I wrote a, a, a chapter of my first novel. And I knew what the story was, but I didn't know anything, how to write a novel. And in that first chapter, Jeff, I literally wrote my own funeral. And in that funeral, I was writing prose and sentences and dialogue. And I thought to myself, who would come to my funeral? What would they say at my funeral? Why am I at my own funeral? I was murdered. I was murdered? Well, who killed me? I had no idea. But the more I liked the idea of killing off Adam writer and then writing a murder mystery for seven years, Jeff. I knew then that uh, screenwriting was in a rearview mirror and that if I had a vanity license plate, you know, it would somehow spell out novelist. How was the switch for you once you uh, once you switch from uh, writing screenplays to writing novels? I, I, I think I'm wired. I'm so wired to uh, tell a story a certain way that my second novel, Jeff, threw out everything that I ever learned about screenwriting and 
you know, writing a story in three parts, you know, uh, uh, everything I learned about screenwriting, I decided I had to get, I had to stop. So my second novel, Take Fountain, I decided because I was one of the first people, people to see the movie, The Blair Witch Project, which was a found footage movie, you know? And I actually saw mm -hmm. a VHS tape in 98. My roommate said to me, hey, you want to see a snuff film? And I said, sure. So he puts in this VHS tape, and it was The Blair Witch Project. So I'm one of the first people who saw that movie. Scared me witless. So the second novel, I decided to do a found pages novel, which was a transcript of a conversation between a screenwriting professor who has as his guest a brilliant script reader. And of course, the two men enter that room and only one man leaves alive. And the entire novel, Jeff, is a transcript of a conversation between a screenwriter and a script reader ending in a murder. And I had thought, what a challenge to write an entire novel only through dialogue, through a podcast. And I thought, well, the idea alone is so challenging. I have to do it. And that's when I think I knew that I had crossed over. Something inside me uh, broke in a good way. And I realized that after I'd done Take Mountain, Jeff, I could do anything because my confidence was at an all-time high, and it was followed by two more novels. Screenwriting is a very structured form, as you kind of alluded to, the three-act structure, et cetera. Now that you are writing novels, what is your writing process? Are you someone who sits down and, and outlines extensively, or do you just kind of dive into the narrative and kind of see where it takes you? Depends on the novel. Some novels require me to really think about what the story is, and then there's what it's really about. And sometimes uh, on Rat Park, for example, I hung that novel on The Odyssey, which is really about a guy trying to get back with his wife. If you ask someone what is Die Hard about, and they say, oh, it's about a cop who's in an office building that's been taken over by terrorists, I would say, yeah, but it's really about John McClane trying to get back with his wife. So what I've learned is, is that if I can hang my story on another story, it's a wonderful way to layer in both the plot and what it's really about, and what am I trying to say? And to be honest with you, Jeff, every novel I've done has been so emotionally autobiographical that and with Rat Park, you know, my wife read an excerpt of Rat Park, and she threw the pages in the air and said, you're incapable of writing fiction. <laughs> Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, are you working on a new novel now? I am so happy to tell you that yesterday, Jeff, I finished my fifth novel, the the rough draft, and uh, uh, it's it's so exciting to be able to have this in my life to share with you that uh, the last two years have been the worst years of my life, trying to get this novel out of my head and onto the page. (laughs) It was so brutal that anyone who has attempted to write a story knows it's, it's disgusting. It's brutal. But the sense of accomplishment that I felt yesterday it goes like this, Jeff. Yesterday, when I finished my fifth novel at age 55, on the five-year anniversary of my father's passing, on May 23rd, which is the fifth month and a day that adds up to the number five, it's pretty extraordinary. It is. It is. So... Given all of your work on these novels and scripts, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories or scripts or novels? Don't have children. Just just kidding. <laughs> Hemingway said with every child you lose a novel, but I don't have children. I don't have children, but I have a twin brother who has three kids. And I said to my parents once, you guys are so lucky. And they said, we are? I said, yeah, you have three grandkids and four novels. So I would, I would actually, in, 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 in total seriousness, suggest that you find a job that allows you uh, both to make your rent, pay your mortgage, uh, live, a, live your life as fully as you can, but also one that affords you the freedom to create and write a script, a novel, a short story, so that you find a way to do both. It it shouldn't come at the expense of the other. And the most important thing I've learned is that you have to embrace the despair that comes with writing a novel. And it comes with the territory, it's the price of admission, and it's also um, the best part of writing a novel is when you are so obsessed with what you are writing that you wake up looking forward to it. And it's as much a part of your life as breathing and uh, when you hit that point of uh, obsession and you get to uh, do it when you're in it, uh, it's one of the joys of, of, of being alive. So that's really what you have to uh, take the thorns with the rose. But um, it's, in my experience, absolutely been worth it. What novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? Well, I, I reread 
uh, Bruce Wagner. And I reread Bruce Wagner because he's my North Star. And I, I, I always go back to books that I've loved, you know, that inspire me. And uh, I picked up F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Last Tycoon, which is an unfinished novel. He had a heart attack when he was about three quarters of the way done with it. And I can pick up The Last Tycoon and just open it up and read any chapter of Last Tycoon, which is also a love story to the ages in Los Angeles. And it was so inspiring because uh, the book that I have has uh, Fitzgerald's outline for the story and his notes that he scribbled in the margins and scribbled in the margins um, in all caps is a note from Fitzgerald to himself that every screenwriting professor uses maybe, you know, because it's true as in life. And that is Fitzgerald wrote, action is character. So I found that very inspiring. What movies have you seen lately that you enjoyed? What, what have I seen? Um, you know, Jeff, I have been in such a bubble. I've been in such a bubble mm-hmm. that I can't remember the last time. I think, that I honestly, actually, no, I can't. Now that I think about it, I loved Scream 6. I'm so old that I saw the original. <laughs> but, oh, my God. And you know, all the characters... Uh, in the first Scream, are now the parents in this uh, remake slash, you know, sequel. And I, it was quite inspiring because I, it was scary, but it was also, you know, I knew the world of Scream so well. I've seen everyone that I came out of that theater just going, um, wow, for a number six, um, that was really that was really good. Where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your novels and your latest novel, Rat Park? Well, as as my father would say to me all the time, Google it. And in this case, <laughs> if you just Google my name and you go to Amazon, you can see the interviews that I've done. You can read about my other novels. And Jeff, these four novels that I published over 23 years have been all part of a Marvel universe. There are characters in the second novel that pop up in the fourth novel and uh, the, the hero of Rat Park, Lester Barnes, is actually the villain of my first novel. It's sort of like Joaquin Phoenix in The Joker getting his own movie. So if you're interested in Rat Park, you can order any other novel, Jeff, and just dive in. And by the end of the, you know, the collection, you will have such a sense of Los Angeles, the business of screenwriting, addiction. And I think it's a portrait of a city, a Valentine to Los Angeles like no other. So um, you said you grew up on the East Coast. How long have you lived in L.A.? Oh, uh, you know, 
since the 80s. I, I, I can't count how long. I tell people I'm going to die out here because it's, it's true. <laughs> I, I have loved L.A. Uh, since I arrived in 1986. So I'm, I'm almost 40 years, almost 40 years in L.A. And uh, every time I look at the city, uh, I fall in love. You know, whether I'm on Mulholland Drive yesterday, I did some car therapy, Jeff, and I drove Mulholland from Hollywood to Beverly Hills with the valley on my right and Los Angeles on my left. And I thought, don't take a photograph while you're driving. That is not how you're going to go out because I was celebrating finishing my fifth novel. And I thought, you are going to survive Mulholland Falls, Adam. Just put the camera down. Don't take any pictures. And <laughs> I remember uh, to get those ribs, you know, from the supermarket, which was I was on a food run. But I, but I took sure. Mulholland Drive, Jeff, to remind myself of how lucky I am. That's wonderful. Well, again, we've been speaking to Adam Novak, author of the new novel, Rat Park. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Adam, thanks for doing this Thank interview. Thank you, Jeff. Absolutely. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.